Welcome to Lawmen, a podcast about local legends and obscure curiosities from days of yore. I'm James Shakeshaft. And I'm Alistair Beckett-King. And this week, it's the return of Cuthbert Shields. This takes place in Queen's College in Oxford. Fans of remembering things. Fans of remembering things. We'll remember, remember this. From the Christmas episode, uh, they serve a boar's head at Christmas to commemorate a student who killed a boar with a book, and the boar did a joke as it died. Didn't happen though, did it? What, a boar didn't say a joke in Greek? <laughs> Just live a little. Open your mind. <laughs> uh, yes, right then. Okay. This is one from the cathedral... No... The college, University City of Oxford. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. It's very much the uh, Cambridge of Oxfordshire. It is, very much so. It's like Cambridge, but with a sort of a crappy-looking 60s bit added onto it. Mm. Um, I'm not... I'm a fan of Oxford, but... <laughs> some of the architecture there, like, you've got some really good stuff and some god-awful stuff. There's at least one that looks like an alien spaceship landed, and I like that one. You know, where they've got those sort of porthole 60s windows where they're slightly rounded at the edges. Oh, that's nice. Mm. They have got they do have the Carfax Tower. Oh, yes. Which, to me, when I, we moved there in the late 80s, sounded like the most futuristic tower in the yeah. world. It's Carfax. Combining cars and fax machines. Yeah, exactly. The two most it's, up-to-date technology. Yeah. But that, is that named after Carfax Abbey from uh, Dracula? It, uh, it wasn't named after cars and faxes. I know that much. It's <laughs> like the oldest building. That might be a Dracula connection there. Maybe. Check that out. Yeah, I will. Write in if you know, if you're from Oxford. Well, hopefully someone from Oxford who will definitely know that will be listening. Okay. Because this story comes from the book, came to my attention in the book Haunted Oxford by Rob Walters. I don't know if it's short for Robin or Robert, actually. That's why I corrected myself. I don't think we'll ever know. Well, we might do because I've emailed him. Oh. Because this is a really good book and I really enjoyed it, but... He says in his introduction, in essence, uh, he's done lots of things and he was a like a ghost tour guide in Oxford for a bit and he's collected his stories in this book and he says in the introduction, one of these stories I've made up. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Rob's got game. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like, but, but he doesn't tell you which one. Nice. And I had to email him to check. The one that I really liked and wanted to tell on the podcast wasn't the made-up one. <laughs> he assures me it's not. And I even slipped in the email, I wonder which, which one was it, by the way. Didn't reply. Didn't, didn't reply to that element He didn't tell it. you whether he's he a Rob or a Robin. Me. Well, he's got to maintain an air of mystique. And he says in here that he's written the titles of all the things and it should be obvious to, to fans of crosswords which one it is. Ooh. So I'm going to read the contents and see okay. if you can work it out because I can't work it out. Right. Contents. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Introduction. Hopefully not We're that safe. otherwise elaborate yeah. double bluff. Innocent Ghosts, The Black Man of Magdalen Bridge, Hang Me Low, Royal Ghosts, Godstow Ghosts, A Blow From Below. They're, so each chapter is a sort of different type of thing and mm. then there's broken down to the lower ones. Overweight and Overpowering Ghosts, The Pembroke Street Shuffler, which is a good name, and Jane's Possession. Is that a band's name? I don't know. It does sound like a band's name. Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction, yes. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Nameless Monastic Ghost, Last Rise of Maudlin, The Wadden Wanderer, Stone Ghosts, Alice's Father Returns to Christchurch, Exeter's Lost Statue, Intelligent Ghosts of the Colleges, The Return of Cuthbert Shields, today's tale, and The Twin Ghosts of Trinity, Dutiful Ghosts of the Civil War, The Chivalrous Colonel, The Digger at Jesus. I've read that's about a gardener, not someone who's just like having a pop. <laughs> Elusive Ghosts of the Pubs and Inns, The Interloper at the Eagle and Child, and Undead at the Royal Blenheim. That's all of them. That's all of them. Can I have a look? Does any of them have jump you worked, out? Have you worked out? Because I, uh, well, uh, as a fan of... Um, Are you a crossword man? I'm a fan of Inspector Morse, who, oh. is a, who lives in Oxford and knows about crosswords. So uh, right. he's a big fan of cryptic crosswords. So I'm pretty well equipped, James, to solve this. But... Um, I haven't solved it yet. I think he does Morse tours as well. Well, that would make sense if he's enthusiastic about uh, cryptic crosswords. And Oxford. The one that sounds most like a cryptic crossword clue is the interloper at Eagle and Child. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, Alice's father returns to Christchurch. Returns usually usually means we're reading something backwards. Oh, right. I'm going to take a picture of these and try and solve them later. Having read them, there is one that I'm like... Nah, come on, mate. Which one do you think isn't? Well, I don't want to spoil it. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to give you any lead. If you can, okay. if you, if what you come up with is the same, but you might need to know the content of the story in relation. No, to no. The title. He says you, you, you should be able to get oh, it from the title, just from the title. But also, if you read the story, it should be obvious. Right. Okay. And one of them is like surely not. That can't be real. That can't have even been told as though it were real. If anyone listening. We'll put the photo on the page and stuff, and we'll you do your homework. Yeah, because if we work it out, we can't we can't say what it is on the podcast, can we? That would ruin it. If I did work it out, if you do work it out, but yeah. maybe we'll get Rob on. I did ask if he wanted to come on, but he's out in the country. Don't rob his house. I don't know where he lives. Oxford. Tell me. He lives in no, Oxford. No, I don't think he does. Oh, double bluff. Yeah. What, what a bluff stuff. <laughs> no. Um, well, I'm very. I feel very warmly towards this book. And Rob, it's a lovely one. There's another thing I wanted to say about that's not quite related to the story. It's about a new town and a new house, and I found something rather alarming. I think you better tell me now. Right? Now you've teed it up. So when we moved in, you've just moved house. Yeah, reasonably recently to a countryside house, a house in the countryside, full of ghosts. And the cat managed to pick the. We did the thing, you're supposed to keep the cat inside for two weeks. The first night, you managed to pick the lock and break out. <laughs> like, I opened the door to the little room. It was literally a, a locked room mystery. Mm. And the cat had managed to pick the lock on the lockable cat flap. And wow. gone, disappeared. So I was looking for him. And over our back wall is the grounds of, like, the old big house. And I finally climbed over that. I finally trespassed. Climbed over that with like just the torch on my phone looking around in these like old spooky trees with the evergreen type trees that hang down yeah. and the gnarly roots and stuff. And looking around and couldn't see the cat, couldn't see the cat. Looked around at one of the spookier trees that's right behind our shed. And at the bottom of that spooky tree sticking out the ground is a, is a rectangular stone sticking out there. Mm. And there was no writing on it or anything. But... That was like the second day of living in the house as well. So, Sorry, is the story that you saw a rectangular stone? Well, it looks like a gravestone underneath the tree, at, like right by our shed. 
Well, my first question was going to be, is the shed safe? <laughs> I don't know. That's really the worrying. Shed may have been compromised. <laughs> and it's also like, if you look at the trees that you can see, like hanging over the back of a house, it's the spookiest tree is the one with the se- seeming oh, yeah. gravestone Natural at the bottom. <sighs> Terrifying. Cat came back, by Good. the way. Good. I'm, well, I'm glad to hear it. Mm. Okay, so this story from Haunted Oxford by Rob Walters. Thank you very much, Rob. Mr. Waters. This one is The Return of Cuthbert Shields, which I've sung to the tune of Return of the Mac. <laughs> it's The Return of Cuthbert Shields. Now, this takes place in Queen's College Library in Oxford. It's about a man whose name wasn't actually Cuthbert Shields and he didn't go to Queen's College. Just getting that out there now. Wow. So, a lie, when he was alive, Cuthbert Shields, or his real name, John Lang, studied in Queen's College Library quite a lot. But he went to like Corpus Christi or something. Um, he died in 1900. I did a bit of googling around it, and I think his name was James Lang, and I think he died in 1908. Or there was someone else with a very similar vibe to him, right? At that time, because there's his autobiography, his self-penned autobiography, is like in the Ashmolean or the Bodleian Library or something. Mm. It's like a four-volume thing that attempts to explain why it was his own fault that he ended up in an asylum in Fulham. Mm, This guy sounds interesting. Yeah, Cuthbert Shields. When he died, he left Queen's College Library some of his books and a sealed tin box that was about the size of a book and it was sealed with lace and sealing wax and he specified that it be opened 50 years after his death. He called himself Cuthbert Shields because he apparently really believed he was the reincarnation of St Cuthbert. St Cuthbert? Mm. From Durham? Yeah, and Shields. Durham's own St. Cuthbert. And it, and he gave him the surname Shields because he was from South Shields. He was from South Shields. And his favourite saint was St. Cuthbert, so he thought, I'm going to call myself Cuthbert Shields. Very much the old school version of the porn name, I think. <laughs> Which favourite saint in the uh, last half of the town he grew up in? Is, so, that, is that how you find out what your saint name is? Yeah, mine would be Ken Elm Wickham. <laughs> um, mine would be... Teresa? You grew up in... Mine is... The last half, because it's like South Shields. Okay. Mine was West Wickham, so I'm Ken Elm Wickham. I'm Demas Carville. That's Demas good. Carville. Demas Carville. Yeah. I think you were in the running to play James Bond. <laughs> Demas Carville. Yeah. That's that, that's a baddie. Def- that's a good baddie You think so? I, I think like an oil magnate. Baddie. Still baddie. Definitely a Definitely baddie. Definitely baddie. Well, Demus, they call me Demas Carville. We don't like your type around here. What type? I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> I think that should be obvious. <laughs> For the benefit of the listeners, we're both miming having cigars. I've got a cheroot, yeah. Oh, you got a cheroot? Okay. I don't know what a cheroot is, but I'm miming it. I've got a, black, a thin black cigar, which is probably what a cheroot is. A cigarillo. Yes, which is a cross between a cigarette and a gorilla. And an armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's slightly better. What... Um, would uh, Saint Demas is the, uh, the the thief who was crucified next to Christ? Really? Yeah, the one, the, the good thief. Have you seen the film Bill and Ted? That's the reason I brought it. That's the reason yeah, I like is it. Is that why it's your favourite one? Not bothered about the Christ story. It's because it, that's Saint they got Demas. to Saint Demas High, which yeah. is named after Saint Demas. Saint Demas rules. We're like Bill and Ted, <laughs> are we? Not there. No. <laughs> so in nineteen fifty. The box was opened. So it was opened by the librarian, the bursar of the university, and a fellow. 
Just a fellow. In, a, in university speak, that means someone important, as right. opposed to normal just speak, that just means unimportant. Uh, Professor Russell. by the Dean of Bursa and a bloke. And some which, guy. Which means something specific in Oxford. Mm. Uh, Professor Russell. So they took the tin from the security cupboard in the basement and they took it up to an alcove on the first floor. Sorry, I like security cupboard because as a pairing of words, it sets you up and then disappoints. <laughs> security cupboard. It had a lock. Mm. And they opened this time capsule and inside they found some letters to the Archdeacon of Christ Church. Who was presumably dead by then. Well, I think it's a good job role, isn't it? So you just say the Archdeacon of Christ Church. Oh, I see. So it's so it's to whichever relevant fifty years later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And a long document which contained Cuthbert Shields' predictions for the future, and those predictions were said to be rubbish, <laughs> very boring and inaccurate. So boring and inaccurate that I can't find anyone reporting what they actually are. <laughs> they must have just been like, oh, he's, like he's obviously missed out the wars. The two world wars that happened between his death and it opening. Imagine missing the world wars with getting like migration patterns accurate and no one would even have noticed. Just high tides. Yeah. A duck will have hiccups on a Tuesday, but next to Hitler. Apparently the, this letter is kept in a library somewhere, but I don't know how you'd go around getting access to those things. <laughs> Maybe Rob, help me out. Um, yeah, help us out, Rob. Come on, Rob. Help us out, Rob. And so the tin box, they just threw it away. And the three men left disheartened, it says in the account, Rob's account. Yeah. Um, and as they went down, the librarian and the professor went downstairs. The professor said, who was that fourth guy who was with us? <gasps> Genuinely, the hairs in the back of my neck just stood up. Really? Yes. That I don't guy know why. with the white hair who said nothing. <gasps> and the librarian said, there was no one here but you, me and the bursar. I mean, these are probably not their actual voices. Um, <laughs> you said that in the voice of Richard Iowedic. There was no one here but you, me, and the bursa. Let's go ask the bursa if Let's he saw anyone. Let's ask the bursa. And they spoke to the bursa. They spoke to the bursa and he hadn't seen anyone. End of that part of the tale. Oh. 24 years later, we're in swinging 1974. There are thieves in the library. They're nicking stuff. Books. Probably pulling pens off chains and whatnot. So, the new librarian puts imposes a new rule. If you bring anyone who isn't from this college, Queen's College, into the library, you've got to sign them in with the librarian. So I have, this is me speaking as a librarian now, I've had enough of people taking our stuff. They're ruining our Dewey system. Dewey system. Dewey system. Dewey system. You're still saying Dewey system. Dewey the Dewey system. They're, they're ruining... They're stealing the pens, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> um, and then one day, the librarian saw a third-year student, reading philosophy, come in, followed by an old man. And she assumed that it was an elderly relative, because people, you know, they show their relatives around. This is where I work. This is where I study. This is where people keep stealing the damn pens. And the librarian waited for the guy to come over, introduce. That's the rules. Guy just sat down, student just sat down and started getting on, cracked his books out, started getting on with it, and the old man sort of stood behind her, sort of stood behind him. So the librarian was rightly furious. She went over and said, You're supposed to introduce people to the thing, they probably signed in. Mention the pens, right? And the student was like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't brought anyone in. The librarian looked round. There's no one there. And 
she says to someone else sat at the table, like, do you see this white-haired guy with a long coat? Where, where's he go? And they're like, I don't see anyone. Someone else went, I think he just went upstairs, mate. So they went upstairs very quickly, and someone else, they pointed them in the direction of an alcove. And they went to the alcove. There was no one there. And it was the same alcove that they'd opened Cuthbert Shields' yeah. time capsule in those 24 years earlier. Which would be spooky had there not been nothing in it. But there was no one there. Yeah, that was whether or white or head or man had gone. There's no other exit. How do they know he'd gone there, though? Because a couple of people saw him. They and didn't then some see other people the didn't alcove. see him. Yeah, they didn't see him. He was in going the over alcove. to the alcove. Did did they say he was going over to the alcove? Uh, the might be putting words in Rob Walters' source's mouth. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring skepticism in there because it was so a late really in the day, <laughs> it was a really spooky story. I liked it. It was a good little spook, right? Yeah, top spook stuff. That's the end. That's the that was the return of Cuthbert Shields. He'd come. He watched over his time capsule being opened, and then people think that he's he was looking so, for the tin box. He was so embarrassed by how bad his predictions were. He didn't come back for another twenty four years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Score time. Category one is. Reminding you about time capsules. <laughs> it was nice to be reminded of time capsules. Did no. you ever make a time capsule? Yeah, time capsules were a massive deal in the 90s. Mm. I think the main thing that time capsules will tell people in the future is how interested people of the 90s were in time capsules. That's yeah. the main thing. That's they, the only w- yeah. period of time. The medium is the message. Time capsules were considered important. Yeah, because it was on Blue Peter, wasn't it? Yeah, they, inside they it's just going to be one. like a, a, a Steps album on a tape. Bands. What's a band? You don't remember bands? I don't know if we can say bands. They're, Do you mean friendship bands? Yeah, they're like friendship bands, but when they break, you're supposed to have to have sex with the other person. Uh, those sort of neon things that look a bit like sort of shoelacy, and they had that very cool, like, interesting way of adjusting that, I, that involved two knots. I think so. I didn't have one, obviously, because oh, I wasn't a cool kid. Didn't have any friends. Didn't have any friends. Friends without any didn't benefits. Didn't have any friendship bracelets. Oh, I, d- I think I bought my own one, to be honest. You bought your own friendship bracelet. Yeah. That's worse. Yeah. When it broke, though, <laughs> what a weekend. <laughs> I think I did do a time capsule, but I can't remember. I think it's... I think... I like to think that there was a loose floorboard in my cupboard... And I put something underneath there, like a note to people in the future. But I think I just thought I should do that, and then I forgot to do it. That's annoying. Yeah. Did you Did you do what? I did, never actually made a time capsule, no. Did they do it at school? That was a, They did it at schools and things, because they'd done it on Blue Peter, and no one had anything else to do. I certainly remember devoting a lot. The time I wasn't thinking about tree houses. A mm. lot of it was spent thinking about time capsules. Were you, would you be designing those tree houses? Oh, yes. Uh, drawing designs and plans for tree houses was my main occupation at that time. Really? Mm. That's a good plan. That's a good occupation. The thing is, we didn't have a tree in our garden, so... I don't think anyone really had a tree that could have a tree house in it. No. So I was trying to work out, can you have a tree house without a tree? A shed. Yeah. Well, I hope it's not near a scary tree. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. So what's the category? Reminding Re- oh, you. Oh, the category is reminding time me. Capsules. It's five out of five. Yeah. You, you have completely reminded me about time capsules and I haven't thought about them for years. Consider that to be a sort of a time capsule. Ooh, yeah. Steps. Next category. Yeah. Category number two, quite the character. And who is quite the character in this story? Uh, the man who really believed he was the reincarnation of St. Cuthbert. Oh, yeah, that guy was a bit of... Uh, Cuthbert Shields. A bit fruity, Cuthbert Shields. To rename yourself. He gave himself a pseudonym because he really believed that he was the reincarnation of St. Cuthbert. Yeah. 
and he needed a surname, so he gave the surname of the town that he grew up in. Yeah, that's quite rubbish. What uh, a guy. Here's the thing. I don't think he's that exciting a person. Otherwise, his predictions would be... He, he's no Nostradamus. He's no the Cheshire prophet. <laughs> he's none of the big-name yeah. uh, prognosticators mm-hmm. that, that, that we uh, we know of. And I think there's a bit of... I don't know. I feel like the renaming of himself, it's a little bit of sort of self, self-mythologizing, isn't it? Mm. He's looking for attention because he's not a good enough... Profit. It's from some of the descriptions. It sounds like he's wearing a leather trench coat. Oh, which is that's yeah. Even if you are like a grave digger, it's still creepy. Unless he's pre, he was predicting the Matrix <laughs> reboot. Um, all right, I'm going to give you four mm-hmm. because of the double meaning of the word quite. Because quite the character could mean very much as a character, or sort of. I'm going to go with. Quite, quite a character. Mm, quite like, a character. He wasn't that much of a character. Mm. And so it's four out of five. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, it's just reasonable, I think. And, well, category three, naming. Naming. Well, good names. Although I feel like you cheated by including our our prophet names. Hey, how can you... But it's like with the... Demas with, Carville and... What was yours? Uh, Ken Elm Wickham. Ken Elm Wickham. Who does sound like a bit of a thug from nowadays. <laughs> sounds like a... Generally, well, there's a footballer called Connor Wickham. Is there? And he sounds like he's... Is he a good sort? Mm. Yeah, he's all right. Oh, no. I'm going to both <laughs> options there because I didn't look up whether he's... So we just find out and sort that out in the edit. Yeah. Right. Well, good names in the story. You've mentioned the Bodleian and the Ashmolean Library, both of which sound good. Queen's College, uh, Corpus uh, Christi. Corpus, Cri- AKA... Corpus Christi, as I call it, because we're mates. <laughs> That's what I call Christ. A.K.A. Body of Christ. <laughs> Body of Chris. <laughs> yeah, we didn't... I mean... Oxford's famous for having slightly weird spellings like Maudlin. Magdalene is pronounced more. You have to cut. You have to. We don't say it the way we spell it. No. To make people feel stupid for no reason. Yeah. It really because I went to a cinema and one and there were two branches of that cinema. It was the ABC. There was one on George Street. Fine. The other one was on Maudlin Street. I thought it was Magdalene when I worked there, and people laughed. Even just the people who worked in the cinema, like oh, it's Maudlin. Like, well, it's spelled Magdalene. Yeah. So. I think it's a three out of five. Cuthbert Shields? Cuthbert... Sh- A.K.A. John or James Lang? Yeah. Uh, Cuthbert... Sh- no. Return of Cuthbert Shields. That's a good title. That's yeah, a name. Rob, no, Title's a name. Yeah, Rob's done a good job there. Absolutely no question. Mm. It's Cuthbert Shields I'm not impressed with. Cuthbert Shields is not a cool name. I know. That's what I like the about adventures him as well. Of, imagine the adventures of Cuthbert Shields. He's invented his own name and he's gone with Cuthbert Shields. <laughs> It's so sort of piece of tape around the middle of the glasses. He does sound like he's got a Mac on. (laughs) That was the return of Cuthbert Shields. Chilling, right? Extremely. Chilling. Extremely chilling. In an old way that meant scary. Yeah, not not just relaxing now. I think it means sad. What? It means sex? Uh, if you want to leave us your Cuthbert Shields name as a comment, please do. That would be really fun. Remind us, how do you work out your Cuthbert Shields name? Oh, it's very easy. You just take the name of your favourite saint and hometown. Please like, subscribe and share your Cuthbert Shields names with us, the lawmen. Yes. Alistair Beckett King. James Shakeshaft, a.k.a. Teresa Keynes.
Ooh, nice. I've decided my saint name is going to be Roger Moore Balamori. Is Roger Moore a saint? He's the saint. Oh, yeah. Work, it's valid. Yeah. 